Welcome to the It's Her Business Radio, where we help you elevate your impact, serve more people, and scale your business beyond imagination. I'm Eva Palakova, I'm your host, and let's get down to business. Okay, guys, welcome to another episode of the It's Her Business podcast. Eva here, as always, I'm your host. Now, today I want to talk about perfectionism, and I have quite the perfect guest for you. So, perfectionism is one of the things that I've been researching for quite some time. And for those of you guys who have been following this podcast and me for quite some time, you know, I'm not a perfectionist whatsoever. And this is one of the things, one of the probably top two or three things that I see killing, literally killing entrepreneurs performance. And so I have been looking for somebody to actually come on this podcast and cover this topic and actually explain to us how to tackle perfectionism, explain to us what it's about and give us some practical steps and some tips, somebody who has been researching and working for this quite some time. So in just a minute, I'm going to uh, bring Sumeya uh, here to talk to us about it. So I just want to give you guys a little bit of background on her because she is unbelievable. I just want to uh, tell you her kind of her bio a little bit. So she actually has an MBA and MSW and she is a business and mindset coach and she works with professional women to talk about their purpose and she helps them create uh, their careers and their businesses And, you know, as a business design strategist, she believes that purpose is created, not found, which is, which is super cool. I'm sure we're, we're going to hear more about that too. And she's one of the first in the nation to apply design thinking, which is a framework for creative problem solving to cultivating a fulfilling career path. Sumeya, hi. Hi, thank you so much for that intro. I am so excited to have you here. I also, I also know that you've been quoted by Fast Company and the Muse and Huffington Post and Bustle. Oh my gosh, it's quite the credentials. Thank so, you so much, yes. Yeah, awesome. So I would just love, um, I would just love to talk about perfectionism with you a little bit. So what is the big myth about perfectionism and what is it really about? Okay, this is an awesome, awesome question and topic. And I think it's so funny that you say that you are not a perfectionist because I would say I so often come across the opposite, like so many perfectionists. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I'll be honest, I am one. And so I've lived through all of this and I still deal with it. It's a lot better, but I totally, totally get it. So here's what I've learned. What we think perfectionism is, is that it's about our impressively high standards, right? And it's almost like we wear it as a badge of honor. And and so you've probably heard the cliche about going into an interview and when they ask you, what is your greatest weakness? You know, it's a cliche where people will say, well, oh, I'm a perfectionist. And, and so they're kind of trying to show like a weakness, but really, you know, it's a strength and you know what? It is not, it is not a strength. It is not mm. a strength. So we think it's about our impressively high standards, but really what it's about is your impossibly high standards. Mm. So we know that perfectionism doesn't exist, right? Like intellectually, literally, we know that, 
but we we have these standards in our heads that are impossible to meet and so it's really about our impossible standards but then behind that what it's actually about underneath is our fear of not being good enough so perfectionism is it's about fear and it's about trying to protect yourself from feeling like you're not good enough so that's really what it's all about so ain't nothing impressive about this this is just holding holding you back it's not Mm -hmm. a badge of honor (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay yeah i totally agree i see this all the time Mm -hmm. i see this all the time like people spending so much time on stuff that should just take like 10 minutes right but like hammering this into infinity i'm just like no just go live or go do whatever you're gonna do right and it just like, I'm going to get this right and get, I get this perfect. And it's like, no, please stop. Right. So how does it, how do you think it sabotages our confidence and results? Yeah. So, you know, perfectionism doesn't exist again, right? Like we know that. And so what we're doing then is we're setting ourselves up to never be able to meet our own expectations. Mm. That's what's happening. So you're, mm. you're basically setting yourself up for failure. You think you're setting yourself up for success because you think you're going to do things perfectly and it's going to be that Mm -hmm. much better, but you're Mm -hmm. actually setting yourself up for failure because you can never meet these high standards. They're not high standards. They're perfectionistic standards. And there's Mm -hmm. a difference between having high standards in a way that's a good thing versus Mm -hmm. perfectionistic standards when perfectionism literally just doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Right? So, So we can never meet our own expectations. And then that just becomes like a negative cycle. So for example, if we think things or if we think ourselves are never good enough, then our confidence is going to suffer because you constantly feel like you're not good enough because you're constantly setting yourself up to not be able to meet your own expectations. So you're constantly setting yourself up in, in that way to not feel good. And you, you also kind of lose your objectivity in terms of like, what is the difference between good high standards versus perfectionism. Like you kind of can't tell the difference anymore. You know what I mean? Right. And so you lose your objectivity, your, your ability to say, this is, you know, good enough or whatever, like, let's get it out there versus this isn't perfect. I have to keep working on it. So you, like, you can't really tell where that line is anymore. And then, and then that includes your own, uh, your own like opinions of your, yourself and, And so your own opinion of yourself starts to become skewed towards the negative because of that. Because if you're constantly setting yourself up to not be able to meet your own expectations, then you just see yourself more and more negatively. You're kind of whittling away at yourself. And so that's eroding your confidence. And and so what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to feel bad, not good. And Mm -hmm. that becomes a negative cycle because if you can, if you can get it done and ship it and get it into the world, and feel good about getting that done and feel good about what you have done, even though it might not be perfect, that builds your confidence. So the whole perfectionism thing is literally the opposite of all of that. It, it all hurts our confidence. And then of course, having hurt confidence can affect your results because now you're doing things in a way where you're second guessing or you're kind of, you're like handicapping yourself in a way, you know, like the, the flow stops and the ideas stop and you become so like hung up on the details to the point where you can't see the big picture as an example. And so you, you, it makes it harder to do your best work, ironically. Mm. So that's how it becomes like this whole <laughs> negative spiral. 
Mm, wow. Okay. So I'm something is opening up for me actually talking to you, right? Because perfectionism for me is not like I get to get all the details right. It's more like, okay, I have all these super high standards for myself. So I'm getting something out of this. You're making a shift for me here. So that's really, really awesome. So, so tell me about the, some of the hidden or sneaky um, perfectionism, the ways that perfectionism show up that people might not be even aware of. Yeah, so there, there's so many, but I will pick the three that I see the most often. So one of them is procrastination. And so we think procrastination is about, you know, being lazy, let's say. We think it's like a character flaw, but it is so, so often wrapped up in perfectionism because if you, if you have these perfectionistic standards that you know you can't meet and you know you're not going to feel good about what you're doing, then you're going to put it off because like, why do something if you, feel, if you know that you're not going to feel good about what you're doing, if you know that you can't meet those high standards? And so you're going to put it off and, you know, procrastination is a killer. That's, that's not going to help you. And, and we've all done it, right? We've all done it. It's okay. But if you can start to see how those two things are tied together, then you start to see that it's not about your own laziness or, or even your own time management. I mean, there could be some of that, but it is so, so often about the perfectionism because you can't mm. meet your own high standards. So why even bother? You're going to kick it down mm. the road. And, and then that can turn up in sneaky ways. So things that look, uh, things that look productive and useful, things like preparation, <laughs> research, planning, and then more preparation, more research, more planning, and then more, 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 right? That mm -hmm. all seems useful mm -hmm. and productive and like what we should be doing, but that's actually a form very often of procrastination. Like there's a certain mm -hmm. level of that that you've got to do, but mm -hmm. at some point it's overkill, right? At some point you're just trying to protect yourself from doing the thing and putting oh it out there. Gosh. So that's the first one. It's procrastination. Oh my gosh. So good. And I just want to say, like, I talk about this all the time. Like people are just like, Oh, let me go work on my program. And then they disappear and they go work on something in preparation, right? <laughs> they disappear because... for five years. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So good. So that's procrastination. What's the, what's the other two? So the second one is all or nothing thinking. And mm. that really is the kind of thinking behind perfectionism because it's in your mind, it's either perfect or it's not, which means it's either good enough or it's not. There's no room for gray. There's no room for, you know, not perfect, but still really good. There's no room for that. It's just mm. either it, it, it's all or nothing. It's black or white. It's either perfect or it's not. And so that's often what keeps people from putting their stuff out there because if they think it's never, never good enough, they have to have the all, right? And if they can't have the all, they're not going to put anything out there. Mm -hmm. So good. All or nothing thinking. So, so, so good. Yeah. And then the third one, it's self-sabotage, right? So like I said, if you think that your work is never going to be good enough anyway, right? You've got these really high standards it's an, and it's impressive, but you know in the back of your mind that you're never going to be able to meet those standards, you're going to hold back. So you're going to hold back on the effort, let's say, that you're putting in. And that's a way of protecting yourself because then when you put it out there eventually, when you do finally get around to it and you feel like it's not perfect, you start saying things like, well, you know, I didn't really do my best anyway. 
So it's a way of protecting yourself from feeling like you put out something that wasn't meeting your perf- your perfection standards. So you're confusing, you know, doing your best with doing it perfectly. And they're not the same things, right? Doing mm-hmm. your best does not mean you did it perfectly. Mm-hmm. So that's how we self-sabotage. You know, we, we say that, like, we kind of make up excuses for things or we don't put in our best effort because we know we're not going to meet those standards. And so when it turns out we don't meet those standards, we say, again, like, well, I didn't put in my best effort. So, you know, we kind of chalk it up to that. Um, mm-hmm. So those are the three that I see most often. And, and one way that it really manifests also is like the refusal to make a decision. So I'm a coach who's working with people who are trying to make a decision about what their next chapter is going to be, right? Whether it's a career change, finding a new path, whether it's um, actually starting a business or deciding what that business should be, they're trying to make some kind of decision about what's next. And what they all have in common is the fear of making the wrong decision. And that's, that's perfectionism. They feel like they have to make this perfect decision. Otherwise, Mm. you know, it's all going to get blown to hell (laughs) and that's, that's the end of their life. Right. And, and all these bad things are going to happen. So it's, it's indecision, Mm. which is like, yeah, it's the fear of making the wrong decision. And we have to make, we do have to make big decisions about our lives like that. Like what is next? What are you going to pursue? But then there's also a whole bunch of tiny, less consequential decisions that we do have to make. And we even avoid making those. Right. And that's usually the same kind of perfectionism. I have to make the perfect decision or else it's not good enough or it's not going to work or, you know, I'm going to feel regretful, whatever. Oh my God. So, so, so good. So this really does remind me of my best friend and we're like pretty much the opposite. Right. And I am somebody who makes decisions like that because my safety is in making fast decisions. His safety is not making any decision at all until he gathers the most possible information he can. And so now we were trying to coordinate a vacation together or roommating in the same house. It's just like, oh my gosh, I, you know, we were on the far end opposite of a spectrum. It's so, so, so difficult. So tell me, what, how, do, how do people handle those things? How, what are the top ways? What can they do to handle perfectionism? Yeah, so here's three things that I would recommend. The first one is to practice tolerating discomfort because you're going to have to put something out there. It's going to feel uncomfortable as a perfectionist, mm. right? Mm. And, and so you're going to kind of white knuckle your way through putting your thing out there and making a decision, but you've got to do it. It's going to feel uncomfortable, but you've got to learn to like tolerate that kind of discomfort because if you can learn to tolerate it, then it won't have as much of a hold on you anymore. Mm. Right. And then, mm-hmm. and then you don't get so freaked out by it and, and you can say, you know, okay, I'm making this decision or I'm putting this out there and yeah, I'm not quite so sure, but I'm okay with it. Right. Mm. Instead of being totally paralyzed by that discomfort feeling. So it's learning to tolerate that. And you can practice that with, with small things, really small things that are very inconsequential. So if you Mm. are dealing with, you know, big things around your work, your business, maybe don't start with those things, start with really, really tiny things. And maybe even just things outside of your business, like in your personal life, things around the house, right? And, and just regular life, things where it, it does feel a lot more manageable and, and just practice with these tiny decisions. 
So mm. practice tolerating the discomfort and start with tiny decisions, right? Not like your big, big things. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the second one, and probably the most important one, honestly, is changing how you talk to yourself because perfectionists are saying things to themselves like, you know, you're not good enough. This isn't good enough. Why even bother? You put this out there, but oh my God, it's terrible. Everybody's going to, you know, call you out on it and think it's awful and, and, and this is not going to work out well. And you're not good enough to do this. You can't do it. Everybody else is better than you. Like that's what they're saying to themselves, either consciously or subconsciously. Mm. And so you've got to change the way you're talking about it and start talking to yourself with more compassion and also with more reality. I call it a voice of compassionate reality where you are being wow. kinder to yourself, but you're also being just simply realistic. So something like um, an example might be telling yourself, well, yeah, I've done better work in the past, but I've also done worse work in the past. This is okay. I can put this out there because mm -hmm. that's more true, right? Yeah, you've mm -hmm. probably done things better. You've also probably mm -hmm. done things worse. Worse. This is okay. Like that, that reflects reality. Or mm -hmm. saying things to yourself um, like, you know, really not everybody else is going to be paying attention to the details of this as much as I am. I'm the only one who's really freaking out here. Nobody else is really going to notice. And, and just talking to yourself, you know, with more reality. That's basically it. Because what perfectionists are saying to themselves, um, it's a lot of like what we call in psychology, cognitive distortions. They think they're reading other people's minds or they're trying to predict the future. None of which we can actually do. Right. Yes, so yes, if, yes. If you can yes, keep yes. it more objective and more reality based, then it, it takes away some of the fear because these boogeymen in your mind about what other people are going to think or going to say or what's going to happen, they lose their power. Mm. Yeah, that reminds me of something that uh, one of my early coaches said to me. She said, Eva, if you are, uh, if you're in other people's head, you are in your dark side, get out of their head, stop trying to figure out what they're thinking. And I say this to my clients over and over and over, right? They go live, they send their invites out, they reach out to people to get clients and so on and so forth. And I'm like, quit judging what the other person is thinking because you truly have no idea. And what you're talking about is so powerful because it's kind of a vicious cycle of it too, mm -hmm. because what you are actually, what's in here, that is how they're actually going to react. So sometimes there's the mirroring effects of it. And yeah, it's like, like this, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. disconnect, cancel that belief, cancel that thought so that you're not actually creating that kind of reaction so 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 good yeah and as you as you practice doing things and making those decisions putting your work out into the world doing things more quickly you get better at it it's like a muscle mm -hmm. right and and again like i said i've struggled with all of this so i've had to strengthen that muscle but you get better at it and i think a couple things happen i think you get to a place where number one you're like you know what i, I just don't have the time anymore to worry about what other people think I literally don't have the time to think about mm -hmm. that. I, mm -hmm. I have all this stuff to do. I just, mm -hmm. I, I can't be bothered. Right. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get to that point. That helps me personally, just being like, I, I don't have time to think about this. I've got to go do this stuff. And then the other thing I think that helps is um, 
like focusing more on the process and less about how you feel about the process. So take the emotions out of it, all your emotions about, am I good enough? Can I really do this? What are people going to think? I'm feeling insecure. I'm not feeling confident. I don't know if I should really be doing this. All those feelings, take that out and just focus on what you have to do as if it was like literally just stuff you have to get done. Like somebody else is telling you, you just have to get it done. And you're an entrepreneur, right? Like you're running your own business at this point. And so if you think back to when you had a job, you had a boss telling you what it is that you have to do. And you might be feeling kind of grumbly about it, but you weren't so usually tied up in knots about it. You would just say, okay, I got to get this done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now it's got to be the same way. Like you can grumble about it a little bit, but you can't get so emotionally tied up in everything. You've just got to start to see it as a process the way the business owner would and just get the shizzle done. Mm. And, and, and you do that by, again, taking the emotion out, forget about how you feel about it. Mm. How you feel is like basically irrelevant and just get it done. Mm -hmm. Just get mm -hmm. it done. So take the emotion out, focus on the process. So just, I'm just super curious. Do you see perfectionism and overwhelm being tied together? Yes. In particular, I would say procrastination and overwhelm go together. Because when we're overwhelmed, we freeze, right? We don't know where to mm. begin. Like we don't know where to begin or we feel like we're not going to be able to get through everything. And so we, we're just like, ah, and we bury our heads in the sand and we freeze and we don't do anything. And, and so that can kind of go with perfectionism too, because you feel like you maybe have to get it all done right away. There's that all or nothing thinking, or you mm. have to get it all done okay. in a certain way. And there's that all or nothing thinking. So, you know, if, if I'm going to start this thing, I have to finish it. Right. That's the mm. all or nothing. That's the perfectionism. Mm. I, it's not okay to just get started, get halfway through, do a so-so job and then come back to it later. Mm. Right. Because okay. The perfectionist in you is going to want to avoid it altogether. If you cannot get it right, you know, if you cannot get it perfect. So all three of them are wrapped up together. So interesting. And I'm, I'm getting a lot out of this, right? Because it's always difficult for me to understand the other side of things and how other people, because the way I react is, okay, I'm overwhelmed. Let me just try to get everything done today, right? Like, let mm -hmm. me just like do like a quarter of work, like 12 weeks of work in, you know, two days so that I don't have to be overwhelmed and other people go on freeze, right? Yes. I've heard this over-functioner, under-functioner um, kind of comparison, like we all have a different way to react to it. So this is, this is really fun to talk about. It's fun. And I hope it's helpful because I, I think that, you know, we have, these things all become very, you know, ingrained mm. patterns and we don't really see them right. anymore. Right. And even if we tell ourselves, oh, I'm a perfectionist, we don't see all the ripple effects, mm. right? Or we don't see all the different ways that that can show up, or we don't even really know what to do about it, mm. right? And, and mm. so I hope it's helpful in that way, because it is for sure behind so many of the reasons why we don't get stuff done, or we don't do the things that we want to do at all. So, so I hope it's helpful to, you know, understand it a little bit more and have an idea of how you can start to look at it differently and handle it differently. I hope it's helpful. Yeah. And, and this is where I think it's a continuous work, right? It's a continuous journey 
right? It's like not listening to you on this one podcast episode, but like continuing to do the work. So I, I just want to find out how do our listeners find you? I know you have a podcast, so I would love for you to know how do they find it? What's the name of it? How do they get to listen to more about this and, and other topics that you have. Yeah. So I do have a new podcast and it's called Curate the Future, which is also the business name. And that's where, that's the name where you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, everything. It's the same. It's Curate the Future. And that's the name mm. of the podcast. So you can find it on the website at curatethefuture.com slash podcast, or you can also go straight to Apple, Google, Stitcher and Spotify. Okay. So curate the future. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. So you guys should go ahead and subscribe to uh, Sumeya's podcast and you're going to be, you know, I encourage everybody to do that only because this is one of the things that, you know, um, obviously Sumeya and I have both, both are entirely different side of spectrum. And this is some, one of the things that I cannot actually help you with because I'm one of those people that is like, Oh my God, why are you so stuck in this? And I, you know, this is one of those things that, you know, I'm learning to understand because all of us operate very, very differently. So this has been such an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for having me. It's fun to talk about. Yeah. I yeah. love talking about this stuff. Yeah. And this awesome. is, this is the exact type of topic that, um, that is covered on the podcast. Things like mm -hmm. getting unstuck, getting out of your own way, getting clear on what you want, getting it done, all of that stuff. So this is a good example and yeah, I would love for you guys to come hang out. All right. Awesome. So you guys do that. And for, Everybody, I'm going to be here next week on the next episode. They kind of get released when they get released. We usually we don't have a set time. We release them usually on um, you know sometimes on Mondays. Sometimes when I do something spontaneously, I do that. But keep listening, subscribe, and I will talk to you guys soon. To continue the conversation, I want to invite you to join our next seven-day retreat uh, that we're doing, and you can do so by sending the word retreat to 66866, and that will get you registered, and we'll see you there.